0: Hello, welcome to EVN Report. My name is Maria Titizian, and I have a very special guest in the studio today, the Minister of Health of the Republic of Armenia, Anaid Avanesian. Welcome to the program. Great to be here. We are doing uh, this as part of our Spotlight Artsakh series. We've been talking to people who are working in the field, Uh, people from the ICRC and uh, now for the first time somebody from uh, the state to talk about the many challenges uh, that uh, the people of Artsakh are facing, the challenges for the government and the people of Armenia. And just as a reminder to our viewers, on uh, September 19, Azerbaijani Armed Forces launched a large-scale attack on Artsakh that lasted 24 hours. Um, And as you know, uh, Artsakh was in a nine-month blockade, three months of which was a total siege. And a few days after that attack, uh, they opened the Lachin Corridor, which led to the mass exodus of the almost, I could say, entire population of Artsakh. Over 100,000 people in a matter of three days streamed into Armenia. Um, many of them facing many, many challenges, and not only challenges, but having to leave behind entire lives, histories, so- stories, narratives, their ancestral homeland. Um, they are homeless at the moment, um, although they have shelter now because of the services that are being supplied by the government. Uh, Mr. Avanesian, I, I, obviously, we are going to talk about the healthcare uh, situation at the moment. We prepared uh, an article that outlined some of the services. Uh, that the healthcare ministry was providing. Can you just sort of take us back to that time about a month ago when, you know, 100,000 people were coming in, people, some dying on the way, coming in malnourished with many, many needs. So how did you respond to that?
1: First of all, we were involved even during this uh, blockade and uh, these 10 months we were working on transferring very acute uh, patients to Armenia because uh, there are lots of areas of medical treatment which were not available in uh, Stepanagert and people could access medical care only in Yerevan and for months we were doing this very difficult job to help uh, with the help also ICRC and other players to do possible these transfers. Of course uh, last month it was uh, being more and more difficult and we were trying uh, to uh, transfer humanitarian aid, drugs and medical equipment uh, for acute needs. But as you know, this was also impossible. And when uh, the latching corridor was opened for, you know, the causes and to make people to just in two, three hours to leave their homes with nothing with them and to uh, just uh, come to Armenia to save their lives. and they uh, lives of their relatives. Uh, So we were mobilized from the first moment and all the emergency medical teams and also the medical centers in Goris, Sisiang, kapan all this region was mobilized to take care of our compatriots from the first moment. As you have said, many people were on roads for 48 hours and many of them had no means, no food and no drugs with them. So we had also, unfortunately, eight deaths during this uh, exodus and uh, we uh, have documented all of these cases so we can present it in international organizations. We had births during this, uh, you know, exodus, and you can imagine when uh, cars were approaching to the first checkpoint, people were desperate for health, for food, for medical care, because many of them had small injuries, had a very acute physical conditions because of not having medicines. Uh, you know, I was there and met with a woman who had her blood, uh, uh, sugar in blood was uh, more than thirty. One. This wow. is this is a mm-hmm. huge number. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine how much work we had to do, in order to just welcome them and to give them first aid, on the first point checkpoints. On the other hand, we had injured people because of this aggression and we had this this devastating explosion.
0: Uh, I know, we need to talk about that. Hundreds
1: of uh, uh, burned patients were needed to be transferred and uh, um, very severe injuries to be treated. So the whole uh, healthcare system, as I have said, mobilized and did everything uh, to provide first aid, to provide has hospital care and to do all these transportations via helicopters and emergency ambulances that we have.
0: Right, uh, again, just for our listeners, in the midst of this catastrophe that was unfolding, there was a huge, huge uh, fuel depot explosion killing hundreds of people and I think there are still people who are missing or burned beyond recognition at this point and that was the first time that we were able or your your ministry along with the ICRC and the Russian peacekeepers I believe were able to organize a humanitarian airlift to bring these people out because the road had, was still closed at that point and uh, you know what we know uh, several have already been transferred to other countries to continue their care can you talk a little bit about uh, that
1: yes look you remember the the horrible night when uh, the weather was awful and we had no conditions for helicopter transfer and as the road was completely closed we were not able to transfer these injured uh, patients to Yerevan and as Stepanakert had no uh, means, drugs and uh, equipment to treat they did everything they could they were on online uh, connection with our specialists so giving them all the necessary information and Uh, you know, assistance to to do whatever it is possible to uh, care for them so we can transfer them in the morning. And uh, during two days, we did uh, all the transportations and we had uh, hundreds of uh, injured people with very severe burns, more than many of them were 50 and up percent burns. It's not only the surface, but also their lungs and uh, organs were in, severely injured. As uh, you have mentioned, we provided the medical care in the facilities in Yerevan, in um, burn center and in different medical uh, centers, but also uh, managed to mobilize international emergency teams to uh, come to Armenia to help our doctors, uh, to give extra hands to them and uh, also organized transfer of 20 patients to different countries to be treated there. So I think it's crucial to do everything in our means to provide uh, the best care that is possible and fight for their lives and their recovery.
0: Mm-hmm. Right now, um, the Ministry of Health uh, announced that uh, on September 26th, you announced that all health care costs of the displaced Armenians of Artsakh will be covered um, they were asked to register at their primary health care centers where they are now residing. Of course, we also have the additional layer here of people still not having permanent places of residence. They are, some are still being housed in schools or in state facilities or in homes, and, and we suspect there will be population movement again, uh, and especially because many of them did not want to be on front line in frontline villages because they were already displaced, and the idea of being under threat again it was uh, too much for them to bear and then there was a hotline you had set up and mobile teams what are the services that are, you are actually providing now now that we know exactly how many people there are in the country
1: i think uh, it was very important that the government took care not only for giving the shelter food and the, the very first aid to these people but also do registration process properly. So the uh, all the projects and all the programs that are run by the government are accessible for these people and we know where, who are they, where are they. So we, uh, whatever we do, it is very addressed and we uh, the resources are going to the right places. Of course, we have published uh, the hotlines and gave the whole information that all the medical services will be for our compatriots who are forcefully displaced uh, from Artsakh on the budgetary means. But uh, we understand that these people are uh, under stress. Many of them uh, have difficulties with even finding the polyclinics and uh, ambulatories. So we have organized mobile teams. We worked also with international organizations, with many uh, foundations, and uh, I want to complement all of them so we could do this project w- with them and uh, not duplicating many things but doing it very organized and our mobile teams went to all, almost all uh, these um, uh, big places of settlement, registered, did checkups and gave them first uh, needed uh, drugs so they are involved in a regularly health facilities in their regions. Even though there will be movements from one region to another, I encourage uh, our compatriots to register in the polyclinics, in ambulatories, and they can do, do the changes very easily. So all the system works automatically, and uh, we have more than 45,000 people already registered in primary health care units. This is a huge number mm-hmm. for just two weeks to be done.
0: Right, and in general, over 93,000 people, I believe, have already registered with the government to receive any kind of benefits that are available to them. Um, You know, there's been a lot of criticism about the UN system. Has the World Health Organization been of assistance in this process?
1: It's a very difficult question. For 10 months, we were applying to World Health Organization uh, to do statements to give attention to the problem that people are in need of very acute medical treatment and they are deprived of their uh, right to life and to health. And we believe that uh, when international organizations um, uh, say that health is for everyone people from Artsakh are also everyone and they are also under these very important uh, international covers. But unfortunately we didn't have any substantial uh, statements and uh, direct of uh, European uh, Bureau Hans Kluge came to Yerevan immediately after these uh, events and we had very difficult conversation. But um, hopefully their attitude will uh, change and uh, we see a little change and their willingness to help Armenia to absorb this uh, of people because it's a big burden on the
0: healthcare system. No, I would well. imagine it is. And when they say leave no one behind, except if you are from an unrecognized state, then you can be left behind. And and that's, this is something that we understand very clearly. I do want to talk a little bit later about all the babies that are being born. But before we do that, uh, your ministry has announced, the government has announced the institutionalization or the introduction of a universal healthcare system. Will the people from Artsakh also benefit from from this?
1: Uh, definitely. And they are from the first day, they are under the uh, state budget uh, projects and they will get the best package of services which are available uh, now for our citizens. And it will be, uh, you know, the attitude, even when we um, will transfer to the universal health package for, for all nations.
0: I say this to everybody and, and I'm beginning to sound like a broken record, but, you know, I did not, I had not realized that. Yes. <laughs> families in Artsakh had so many children. And I realized this after the 2020 war when, uh, again, many of the families had to flee and were displaced. And I had gone to Mughni uh, because there was a young woman there who had, you know, settled all these families. And I had gone with another reporter and, you know, families with eight children, nine children, 10 children even. And it was just astounding to me. And I know, and you were said earlier that uh, a number of women gave birth on the road into Armenia. I can't even imagine under what circumstances. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, you would know better, but there's something like almost 70 babies born. More
1: than 88. I think 88, 90 already.
0: (laughs) Since since September 24, 25. It is the bright spot in all of this. You know, I'm curious because a lot of the, the, the women who were pregnant didn't have proper uh, nutrition especially those last several months is the health ministry looking at you know possible long term impacts of, of you know children were they malnourished some of these women anemic what were some of the medical complexities that you saw
1: of course we can say that there will be mid term and long term healthcare extra issues to address as i have said we had malnutrition We had a lack of drugs for chronic diseases and uh, if uh, we don't meet their needs uh, from the first moment, we would have lost time. So uh, the the first aim of these mobile teams also to find these vulnerable uh, people, to uh, get them into the system, to normalize their accessibility to the drugs and vitamins and all necessary uh, services. Uh, We have uh, the whole list of registered, already registered pregnant women, and they are already under the supervision of doctors. They will get all necessary uh, extra checkups. And uh, if there will be any conditions for extra vitamins or different drugs, they will be provided with necessary things. You know, Yes, our families from Artsakh uh, have many children, uh, many, you know, bright, brilliant uh, children, and their culture of giving the best to children saved them from very difficulties during this uh, blockade. And uh, we can see that uh, uh, even though they are under stress, they have gone through a very difficult journey, but uh, people are welcomed very warmly. And this helps also to gain the mental, Mm -hmm. you know, ability to
0: recovery. Right. And speaking of which, mental health, we know that there is severe trauma aside from the blockade, the attack, the constant threat, the psychological terror, the fuel depot explosion, and then that, you know, uh, horrific journey that they had to take to escape uh, to save their lives. I can't imagine uh, the toll this has taken on their mental health. I mean, we are dealing with it ourselves, but and sometimes I think children are very resilient and they they bounce back quicker because they don't understand everything. But I think that this is not the case where they don't understand. Is that part of your um, sort of vision program? Are you how are you addressing that?
1: Of course, mental health is uh, also as important as a physical health, and we need to address immediately when we see the problem so we don't have you know not met conditions and then in one or two years we see the rise in uh, psychological diseases. Uh, So in the mobile teams we have also psychologists who can go through and if they see that the family needs extra support or there are, uh, you know, um, conditions which may bring to psychological problems, uh, they uh, do it softly and help the families. But also the minister of uh, Education and Social Affairs, they are from their perspective also involving the psychologists to uh, cover these needs. And I I want to mention it again, the warmth and the willingness that uh, Armenians living in Armenia were providing to these people was crucial. You know, when you are coming from very, uh, you know, hell and you have loving, caring people in front of you, then it helps to recover. Then it makes the, all this uh, devastating uh, process to be able to go through it.
0: You know, Minister, a lot of people are asking, how can I help? What can I do? Oftentimes people feel like, well, I'm just one person, I can't make a change. But we have seen, uh, and you see it obviously more than we do, um, you know, how people have risen up to give assistance, to provide homes. I know that people, I know people who have given everything they own, seriously. You know, there's like drop-off points where you can take clothes and and household goods, and it has been overwhelmingly um, important, I think. What about the Armenians in the diaspora? Is there anything that they can do to support, for example, do you have doctors, uh, Armenian doctors from abroad who are coming, or Armenian psychologists who are coming to provide assistance? Because... This is not over, right? We still have a long, long road ahead of us.
1: Of course, we have a lot to do uh, in upcoming months, years. And uh, as uh, I've mentioned, uh, there are middle-term projects. There are long-term projects. We need to do everything to make these people to stay in Armenia, to be comfortable in Armenia, to uh, find their, uh, you know, not only shelter, but also homes in Armenia. And diaspora can play a crucial role in this uh, process. And many international organizations are and European Union and different partners, they are doing everything to help Armenia to deal with uh, with this uh, challenge. So, you know, accepting more than Hundred thousand people for Armenia, it was a huge uh, uh, challenge, and um, many also international organizations are mentioning that we've done it with, you know, with proper means. So yes, uh, diaspora can play a role. Even though you are one person, you can do a small donation. There are lots of projects run by the government, run by the foundations, and there are room for help for everyone. So. For a uh, healthcare system, uh, we are working on uh, strengthening, uh, especially, and we are, we have prioritized Gerard and vayozor to bring state projects uh, quicker
0: to these Marses mm-hmm. uh, Is that where the majority t- of the uh, people from Marzah are at the uh, moment?
1: Yes, uh, majority of them are in different Marses We cannot say that only in these three MARSIs. But these three Marses need to extra equipment, extra specialists, and, you know, uh, giving uh, more means for primary health care. So, because they are, you know, first point of entry. They were the first point Point of entry, they they are affected uh, the most, and we are trying uh, to invest in these regions uh, and uh, bring the healthcare system on a level that uh, will be able to give the comfort life for for uh, people living in Armenia. The process in overall Armenia. So I I want to mention that we are now building uh, more than 13 uh, medical facilities. We are uh, planning to start the construction or uh, more than 20 uh, ambulatories and nine polyclinics uh, this year, starting from this year. So we have a lot of funds going to strength, the Mars, uh, healthcare systems. But we need extra help to do it quicker, to do it, uh, you know, with the help also with the uh, diaspora. So, uh, Sunik, uh, Gerard Kunik and Viotor, we have uh, designed the project to give the primary healthcare and the medical uh, facilities extra help in these uh, six months. So this is one project that our diaspora can join us.
0: Excellent. And one final question. Um, Many of the medical staff, the community in Artsakh, unfortunately, uh, because of the wars and the conflict, have a lot of experience uh, in, you know, frontline medical care they are also now displaced. So we have many doctors and nurses and orderlies who are now in Armenia. Is that part of your mandate to help them sort of integrate them into the healthcare system here?
1: Definitely. We have started the work and we have registered all specialists who want to uh, be involved in the healthcare of Armenia. We work with them to give them the certification programs because in Armenia we have this mandatory certification process. We will postpone this uh, amend for uh, them for one year and we'll give them extra classes without any fees and uh, help them to, uh, you know, have all the necessary qualification to enter the system. But uh, also there are many doctors who are already working uh, in the medical uh, facilities. More than 50 of them are already in the uh, working uh, status. We will do everything and we need them, you know. We have a shortage of medical staff in regions, in Yerevan, in many specializations. So, of course, we will do everything to give them proper means for work.
0: Mr. Avanesian, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you uh, are extremely, extremely busy uh, dealing with this uh, this new uh, challenge for Armenia and for the people of Artsakh. So, thank you for for enlightening us about uh, the services that you're offering. My pleasure.